You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. While you were skipping stones, building forts and flying kites, I was missing school and on the Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me. Hello, welcome to the Little Me Podcast with me, Mark Tuminelli. I'm so excited to welcome my guest today. She's a Broadway sensation. She's my new favorite person. She plays everyone's favorite high-belting teenage terror, Regina George and Mean Girls on the Broadway. Please welcome Renee Rapp. And then <laughs> imagine applause, Renee. Uh, oh, I love it. <laughs> how are you? I'm really good. How are you? Are you really good? That's like, um, <laughs> I'm, like I'm amazing. No, I really good. I'm, I keep saying whenever anybody's like, Hey, how are you? I'm like, I'm so fabulous right now. How are you? It's like the, like fake it till you make it. Like you just Correct. gotta keep saying we're okay. So then we think we are. Yes. How is your quarantine going? <laughs> quarantine, quarantine is good. It's definitely weird. Um, but you know, it's like, I'm really lucky. I got to leave New York. So right now I'm with my family um, in North Carolina. So I'm actually enjoying the sad sort of circumstances in a way. Um, but definitely it, it always creeps back in like what's actually going on. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah, it's, it's hard to file that under Z, but I try to yeah. do it every every few hours. I sort of remember, oh, like I actually can't go anywhere else. Um, 100%. It's hard to uh, wrap my brain around that. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about things other than quarantine uh, because that's much more exciting to me. But what is what is getting you through it? Is there what's your current obsession during this time where you really only have TV or music or books or whatever? What are you into? You know, I, I mean, like I've always been really, really into cooking. Um, but now I think more so than ever, because my little brother is like, he's only six. Well, I guess he's about to be 17. Um, but he is like really into like fitness cooking and like cooking, like, like high, high protein, low calorie recipes. And he's like introducing me into like all of these foods, like that I typically would probably like shy away from in my real life. Like but what? Like he makes like protein cheesecakes that are like a hundred calories a slice. And they're like actually so dank and like bagels. It's like so weird, but I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, I've become like this weird, like fitness cook, even though I'm like totally not, I'm just faking it. We're all, I think that's all that's happening. We're all faking it. Is there, um, are you watching anything? Are you like binge watching anything? Oh my god, I'm binge watching everything. So glad you asked. Uh, we started we started with Tiger King per use, and um, and then oh, then we started Little Fires Everywhere. Like I, I promised you, I would start that, and I now love it. Um, I mean, can you get over how much you look like that girl? Or you know what? It is kind of obscene, and I keep getting texts about it, and they're like, "Oh, is this you?" And I'm like, "No, no, not me." Um, she made pretty John, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so if you're just catching up, Little Fires Everywhere, it just finished last night. Start it now. It's on Hulu. It is so good. It's my obsession so this week. Um, Reese Witherspoon, Kerry Washington, and a girl named Jade Pretty John who looks just like Renee Rapp. Um, now, you were doing Mean Girls on Broadway when the shutdown happened. Tell us what that experience was. You know, it was it was really weird. We, um, of course, we like knew everything that was going on, essentially, um, but it, it wasn't, nobody really took it seriously enough, in my opinion, frankly, um, because when two ushers in like the Broadway community at different theaters, of course, they both came down with COVID and then the times were in the article and we had a, a company meeting that afternoon before the show. And I was expecting them to be like, cool, cool, cool. We're not going to work tonight. Um, we're going to make sure you guys are safe and blase, blase. But the powers that be were actually like, cool, 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 go to work. And I was like, oh, okay. So we we ended up still doing the show that night. And granted, like everyone in within like Mean Girls team and G. Jameson like took such good care of us. Um, but then the next day, I, you know, things just kind of kept getting worse. And then I saw that like Carnegie Hall announced they were shutting down. So I called my friend and I was like, hey, I'm not comfortable with going to work tonight. So, you know, if you do like, let me know, but I don't think that it's going to be in the cards for me. So then I actually had an audition the day after that. So after I sent that text message to my friend, I shut my phone off for like an hour and a half, prepared for my audition, like was like really into it. I had like so much material. I was ready to like jump off a cliff. And then after that, I turned my phone back on to like mass amounts of texts from everyone I know being like, are you okay? Are you alive? Are you safe? What's going on? And I was like, okay, bet. And then I learned that we were not going to work that night. And it was very strange. It all happened so fast. And the attitudes of people changed immediately. Um, you know, I, which I think it definitely should have a couple weeks prior, but not anything that I have control I think everybody was so confused of, you know, never having dealt with anything like this. 100%. It's just like, what do you do, you know, when you have all these people and all these tickets and it's like, do, is this a real, you know, when you just think back two weeks ago and it just even, it felt different than it feels today. And two weeks before that, it just was such a confusing thing. Um, Absolutely. And Broadway has never, you know, shut down like this, obviously. Um, no, totally. It was, it was weird. It was weird too, because like it, we could all feel how, how stressed and confused we were as things started to, to power forward. And, you know, it's, it was like catching up to something that was already like in front of our faces. So everybody in the Broadway community did like the best job I think they potentially could have. Um, everybody was like super duper safe about it, uh, as much as we could be. Right. But it was, it was really stressful and I could feel the stress, like, especially on like our stage managers and like people who are, who are trying to be the line through for like communication for actors and like our producers. It was just, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. So you got out of the city and now you're home in North Carolina um, yeah. and uh, where kind of your whole journey started. Um, talk to me about the like little Renee Rapp. What was she doing at like nine and ten? Were you performing places? Were you taking dance? Give me a, give me a sense of how it all started for you. Oh my gosh! Well, little Renee Rapp was a mess and a rascal, and like everybody was like, "Oh God, she's back." Um, 
but she she was like I grew up I grew up I mean I was always like singing and I grew up in like competitive dance so that was always there but I also little Renee Rapp was just playing sports and like kicking it kind of trying to figure out what she was gonna do she was like a foot taller than everyone and like couldn't really find her place like loved her pigtails but also was in basketball shorts it was it was a whole thing um but yeah I I I don't think I had started doing theater until I was like almost 11 so I guess a little bit around that time but it was never anything that I imagined would go as seriously as I ended up doing it what was your first show my first show was Annie it was. Were, were you the titular character of Annie? You know what? I was a made-up orphan named Mary. Um, who? <laughs> what happened looked, to her? It was she. You know what? She was busted, but she was prepared, and um, <laughs> it was really like the highlight of of my career thus far. That was like my my peak. You know, some of us peak young, and I guess that was just me. Um, but yeah, Annie, definitely Mary the orphan. Um, okay. So you played Mary the orphan and how did your parents like support this idea of you doing theater? Were they super into it or they were just like, do everything? They, we were, it's kind of hard. I mean, like they were really, really supportive of it because you know, they knew that I like love to sing and I love to dance. Um, and my mom did theater when she was, when she was a little babe. So they were really supportive, but I was just like into everything. And I was so into sports that it wasn't anything that we took too seriously. It was more just like an extracurricular, um, which it is, but I, I don't think anybody thought that I would end up like doing it professionally. Well, a lot of times with theater kids, it's their whole life. It's all they want to do. You know, it's very rare that I work with theater kids that also are doing sports. They're like, their other thing is dance. Their other thing is they're musicians. So it is, it is interesting to find someone who had, has the level of talent you had that all of your eggs were not in that basket. Yeah. I was, I was such a flighty kid. Like I was a mess. (laughs) I doubt it. So how, <laughs> then how did you get to performing? You went to performing arts high school, yeah? Yes. So what was the decision that turned it to be like, I need to focus on this and less about volleyball or whatever, <laughs> whatever sports balls you played? Yes, precisely. Um, it was like, it was a combination of a couple things. I was doing theater in, in high school at the high school that I was originally um, at. And it was just like, it was more just a class that, you know, we didn't really, it wasn't taken like super seriously. Um, but it was, it was awesome. Uh, but it was like a school that was like, it revolved around like football and basketball. So the theater program was always like the theater program. Um, and then I just kind of, I wasn't really progressing in any sort of the sense, like was not attending the classes that I should have been attending uh based on my schedule and whatnot so uh, my parents were just kind of like okay cool cool, cool, cool. what is she gonna do how do we how do we make her like I don't know what's the bump and I knew of this art school um because I I had heard that like a lot of people came from there and went on to be really successful um and I had a lot of friends there so then I moved there my junior year and it was a big change because then I actually started like being productive and attending more of the classes I was supposed to attend, which was lovely. Everybody was really happy about that, um, myself included. And then things just kind of changed. <laughs> what was uh, Did you get to do a musical there that, that year that you joined in junior year? 
Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, we did our fall show. Wow, what was it? Oh, our fall show was we did Susical, which is actually people like rat on me a lot for this, but Susical is one of my favorite musicals of all time, and I think it has some of the most beautiful music ever. Like it has yeah. such a great score. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. I do it again in a heartbeat. We did Susical, and then in the fall we did All Shook Up. Great. And were you in the chorus of both of those shows, or did they like? seek you out immediately and make you a star you know <laughs> that was that was actually that was the first time really that I had ever like started um getting getting cast as actual roles and which is I think kind of why I was like so pumped to be there because uh, like I said like I was like Mary made up orphan when I was younger which was like the best time of my life and I think some of the most fun I've ever had in shows is when I was in the ensemble um but I I just never like really got the opportunity to come into myself until I ended up going to this art school in Northwest. Um, so I was, I was Maisie in Susical and I was like, Oh, we're booked baby. Like booked no, and blessed. no turning back now. And then, <laughs> and then I was, um, Oh, what was her name? So I think it was, it was Sandra. Like, yeah. Sandra or Sandra. Oh, it's definitely Sandra. That has a ring. I mean, it um, definitely is Sandra, but it's fine. You can, you can call her. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, I always messed it up, even though that was like my full name. She's I, like the sexy one. Yes, yes. Yes. And the type was born. And I was like, okay, great. I'm never getting out of the blonde like, who sings here, here I am. And then your senior year is when you did Big Fish and that sort of changed a big trajectory of what was happening in your life, right? hundred percent. Yeah. We did, um, we did the complete opposite in the fall. We did urine town and that was like the most fun I've ever had doing a show. It's so great. Um, and then we did big fish for the spring and that was like, okay, that was awesome. And so big fish, that performance allowed you to qualify for what is your local before the Jimmy's? What is that one for you guys? The bloomy awards, the bloomy. So you won the bloomy, which means that you can go to New York and qualify to be in the Jimmy Awards, yes? Yeah, yeah. And then you do the Jimmy Awards on Broadway, which is like a huge deal um, yeah. as your your Big Fish character, and then you make it to the finals, yeah? Yes. <laughs> and then that means you get to sing your like big song with what? Is there three other girls and three other boys? How does that work? I think so. Yeah, there's, there's yes. four boys, four girls. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you guys each get to pick a song to sing in the second act of the Jimmy Awards. And um, did you, you sang, um, they all, it, all, it All Falls Down, right? Is that the name of it? From Chaplin. What were your other songs you were considering doing? Oh, uh, wow. Oh, oh, I totally know what it was. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> the other songs I had submitted to, to be considered <laughs> were um, a beautiful song for, from Tuck, oh, my most beautiful day from Tuck Everlasting. I news. <laughs> I, I listen. I love that show more than the music's anything. Beautiful. It is gorgeous. It was. It was like that. And I also submitted to sing. Um, <laughs> I think I wanted to sing "If I Were a Boy" by Beyonce, but of course, like <laughs> that, everybody at the Jimmys was like, "Okay, thank you very much for coming, Renee." Um, yeah, that was like, by the way, that's like my brand in theater is like, what are you going to say? I'm like, Beyonce. And they're like, that's not how this works. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Beyonce got shut down, sadly. Um, and so did Tuck Everlasting. But, you know. So we- you got to sing the song from Chaplin. Tell us about yeah. the Jimmy Awards ex- 
the whole experience. What was that experience uh, for you? Well, the Jimmy's is wild, like truly wild. That is like the best way that I can explain it because it, it's so intense. You basically like you get there and you hit the ground running. And um, I knew that kind of backtrack. Fifth grade Renee told her dad that she was not going to go to college and she was going to get a job somehow to sing and she wouldn't need that four-year education. And of course, my supportive parents were like, yeah, you're crazy. Um, Because I was fifth grade and I was like being cast as like the orphan that didn't exist, right? So they were like, this woman is insane. Um, So when I got to the Jimmies, I knew, of course, that it was just going to be like a learning experience. Um, But I also like was really determined that week. I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm not seeing this as necessarily a competition with other people. It's more of just a competition with like, okay, what can I do well from this week? Like, what can I take away? Um, And Andrew and I were actually just talking about this, that I think that's the only reason that we ended up doing – as well as we did, because we were just kind of there to like do our very best. Andrew that. Feldman, dear yes. Evan Hansen, probably workshop alum, favorite human. Yes. Literally like star of the whole freaking world. Um, but yeah, like, and so we just kind of got there and like it was the most crazy experience of my life because you're working from essentially like 10 a.m. to like 10 p.m. for like a week straight. Um and it was absolutely absurd, but, like, the most fun I've ever had in my life. And by by the actual day of, like, the performance, I was, like, sick. And between, like, rehearsal and, like, actually being on stage, there are photos of me, like, lying on the tile in the Minskoff, like, trying to sleep because I was so ill. It was And they beautiful. don't tell you if you make it – if you're making it to the finals until – the end of the first act or when do you know that you're going to have to perform your solo? Yeah. Literally until the end of the first act, they announce it like on stage with everyone standing right there. It's the most like highs. And then you're like, I have to get my music. I have to change. Like I have to change. Like what happens? (laughs) Then basically it, wow, this is crazy. I haven't gone back into these files in my brain. I'm like PTSD. Um, (laughs) So, so basically like they announce it in front of literally everybody on stage. It's this whole like thing. And it's fabulous by the way. And then those eight people, four boys and four girls go off stage and you go downstairs and you get like bottles of water and you sit in a room and then you come upstairs and you wait off the wing until they call you and you're just like, okay, bet. And then you like go on and have to like belt your face off. Did you, what, what did you think you won? I, I don't think I was thinking anything. I was just kind of like, okay, cool. Really? Like it, as much as I wanted, obviously, like we all like would like to win. We all want to win. I really just wanted to sing in front of everybody. Like I kind of, it wasn't a thing of like, I, I'm like going at this trying to win. I was just so excited that I got the chance to perform in front of all those people because I like that's like that's the win for me is just like like getting to perform and like getting to have this like release and like you know that that's like the coolest part. So I really wasn't thinking of anything. I was just kind of like, "Oh, yes, I get to like scream in front of all these people." So you win, you and Andrew both win. Um, and then you, then what happens? You go home and you're like, well now, now what? (laughs) I actually, I went, I was in New York up and back for like six months prior to that. Cause I was recording music in the city. Um, 
I, I did not think I would be doing musical theater. So uh, I actually, I stayed for a week and a half after the Jimmies and um, was just like recording my own like personal music and, and continuing to do that. So the Jimmies happened and like, then all of a sudden it was like not a thing. And I was like back into the recording world. Um, and I had already like been in talks with my um, now agents prior to that. But then when the Jimmies happened, they were like, Oh, I think this girl is, mind you, I went into a meeting with my agents uh, in a green Nike tracksuit and like my hair in a bun. So, you know, me now is nothing different from me then, but it took like me proving myself a little bit for my agents to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think she is sane um, because I looked like- How did you meet your agent before the Jimmy? How how did that come together before you got to New York to start performing? So my music manager um, at the time, the the ladies I was working with um, knew the president of my now agency, and um, we're all like, like, like we're all just like really good friends, and so they were like, okay, like we'll introduce you to um, to the president of CSD and blah, blah blah. So I got to meet him, and he just seemed like a really cool guy, and I didn't really know much about like how dope this agency was um because i was just like okay cool like he seems like a great guy and and then he was like okay well do you want to take a meeting and i was like sure and then i showed up in a nike tracksuit and everybody was like what the hell they were like so by winning the award they were like okay this and seeing you perform they were like this girl's legit what yeah what should we do with her yeah and like it was it was nice because we had already I was already going to essentially work with them, but then me doing the Jimmies, they were like, so do you want to sign for musical theater too? And I was like, I guess so. I was like, sure. If you guys think that's like in my potential and wheelhouse, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And when did Mean Girls audition come out? How much longer was it? It was a couple months after I had my first audition for Mean Girls in December of 2018. And by June of 2019, you had started, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like a four month audition process of like, we are casting new leads and actually the leads are staying. And also what about the tour? And then actually people are leaving in the Broadway cast. And I was like, fabulous. And so, uh, tell us a little about your audition process. Did you feel like this is, this is mine or were you just tell me about that? You know, very uh, kind of I don't know it it was really weird I like from the moment I started auditioning I was like oh this is like totally my type I'm like I'm so game for this and then as I started going in for it I I am anyone who knows me knows that I am not a girly girl I am not anything near those words um so when I started going in I remember like the first time I went into audition I wore like a skirt and like heels and it actually kind of pissed me off my own self that I walked in like that but I it was just kind of like I have to make these people see me as a person in this role so the second I got home I like felt like I needed to vomit I was like get me out of these clothes um so I felt good about it and I also didn't because I was like I feel amazing about like the material and like how I can act but even just in like putting on a skirt to go audition I was like this is so far from who I am so it was like a really weird audition process because after that, of course, I like went in in like black boots and jeans. 
um, and like try to make it make it harder on everybody to like see me see me as a witch. But um, yeah, it, it was it was kind of a it was kind of a toss up. Some days I was like, "Yep, this is mine." Other days I was like, mm, "Too girly." So you get cast. Who tells yeah. you you booked it? Um, <laughs> this is a very interesting story. <laughs> so I was actually I was in a meeting with um my now bosses Tina and Lauren, and we were no, talking- no, I mean no big deal. Just no, yeah, just like Tina Fey, Lauren Michaels, great, great, like, perfect. Nineteen year old Renee is just like in like Rockefeller Center, like I'm, they were like doing a dress rehearsal for SNL like later that night or next day or whatever, and I was just like in there, just like chilling. And obviously, like frankly, I. I'm so not phased by anything that I should be. So I was just like kind of chilling, like talking to like <laughs> talking to my friends. Um, and then we started talking about like different opportunities, like for the show and, and you know, what was going to happen. And at this time I didn't really know that they were going to offer me the, um, the Broadway slot or ro- slot role part. I don't know. What are we got, we got it. You know, the, in in the play. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So we kind of kept talking about it and and they were like, okay, well, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, I would like to. I was like, but I, I don't want to be um, like just another like tiny little like white girl from the South who like makes her way to Broadway. I was like, I want to like stay really true to who I am and like be this like really like not put together like authentic like sarcastic person who has just gotten lucky enough to like be a fan but also be on stage and they were like okay cool we're game for that so I was like great and then and then I started rehearsals a couple weeks later <laughs> so you had the you had, it's a crazy story but you also had the weirdest entrance to Broadway that most people don't really have is you did th- yeah three weeks yes yes so Taylor left for three weeks um and then you went in to replace her and then you had, what, like two months before you went back or eight more weeks? What was that? Yeah, I had like a summer break. I had like two months. It was like, it was fabulous because I was like, let me like work really, really hard for three weeks and like basically like, you know, do all the press then. And then I like left for two months and was like vacation. And then I came back and it was like eight shows a week every day. And I was like, wow. It's on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. 
Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. What, uh, tell us about the first night. What do you remember most? Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, I am really not a excited person when it comes to my job and things of that nature. So I think that everyone else was like, oh my God, she is going to be so pumped. Like I bet this is going to be like the coolest experience and like, don't knock me. It totally was. But I truly like the whole show and the whole even time I got to the theater, I was just like, okay, I just have to like not fall off the table. And then by the time I knew it, it was like over. And I was like, oh, that was just like another like, like high school show, just like on a bigger scale. And I'm just like watching everything Erica does trying to copy um, how she does it. So it was pretty chill. It was pretty chill. Was your whole family there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole fam was there. What was their uh, response to seeing you do something so major? You know what? It was weird because my every, everyone who knows me knows how tight my family and I are. Like they're literally my best friends. Um, but my whole life, it, like anything I finish, like I would literally like finish a basketball game. And my dad would I'd be like, oh, how did I do? He'd be like, what could you have done better? Or like, what are you going to do different next time? So I was really expecting my parents to like shit on me after the show and be like okay cool so like now we have things to work on um and they were actually like so proud and they were like crying and I was like oh that's so cool I didn't really know how to handle it I was like so did you guys like it they're like yeah and I was like but did you really they're like no no no. yeah we did and then of course now when my dad comes and sees the show for the 20th time he's like actually you know I think this beat could be a little different um my god yeah it's beautiful um how do you make how do you make your Regina different than Rachel McAdams or Taylor? How did you put your own spin on it? Because it really does feel uniquely like it is you are watching a different person play this role and it doesn't feel like you have cookie cuttered anything about it. Thanks. Um frankly, for me, I just kind of I mean, I am like I said, I'm just not that like prissy girly like buttoned up like high voice lady I have never been and probably could never be it no matter how much money I got paid um unless somebody wants to like cast me you know as something then like we'll talk but then, um, then you'll figure it out yeah 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 my, my people will call your people it'll be a whole thing um put me in the wicked movie plug um yeah so I <laughs> I think the more that I thought about Regina as just like who are who are people and who are personality traits that I grew up with, even myself sometimes, um, as a person who made other people feel belittled. And it was really just to me, it was like, okay, cool. These were the 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 girls and the traits and, and even some of the boys. These are how I was treated and at times how I treated other people. And really, like, it's not this, like, fake flouncy, like, da 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 I grew up in the age of, like, blunt social media and like you say whatever you want and so that's kind of what I took it as I was like I think this girl is way too smart to act like she's dumb as like she is completely manipulative she is so terribly rude and will tear people down so I was like all right we're just gonna play into that and also I just make her like a sarcastic like you know what and that's more fun for me than being like, I'm dumb and I'm a blonde and this is just how I am. I'm like, no, I like, I still have to have fun on stage, you know? 
Um, your vocals in the show are so wild and so <laughs> thanks, so flipping exciting. Um, and you you take stuff up that's already like so high. And <laughs> I, I asked you about this on a, in another situation, but tell yeah. people sort of about it, your end of world burn is like everyone just stop what you're doing and YouTube it. Mary Mitchell Campbell, our, our, um, head conductor was basically like, she was like, okay, like, what do you want to do differently? And I was like, come again. Like, cause obviously like I was going to do things differently. Cause like, you know, I'm, I'm a mess, but you're you're, also, you're a different person. Yeah. And, and like my, my voice is, is different, you know, like it's just, I'm a different person. Right. So I had heard going in from like a lot of people and a lot of my friends who were like in college for like musical theater and whatnot. Um, they were like, yeah. So like when you go in, you're going to have to do like a replacement does exactly what the person before them does. And I was like, well, that's not going to be like no fun. Yeah. Like that's no fun. Like I want to discover things. So I didn't expect this to happen, but she was like, all right. So like, what do you want to do? Like, where do you want to riff? What do you want to change? And I was like, Hmm. Okay. I was like, word. So then we started talking and like, I had come up with like, just like little different riffs and like, I have like a different tone to my voice and whatnot. So we were just doing those things. And then one day, um, Mary Mitchell was like, yes. Like, what do you think of taking world burn up at the end? And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, well, just like go up like a third or or whatever it is. And I was like, do you think I can do that? And she was like, yeah, no, 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 you totally can. And I was like, are you sure? And she was like, just try it tomorrow in, um, in your dress rehearsal and then walked away. And I was like, okay. So then the first day that I was in my dress rehearsal, I just like did it at the end, which also like dress rehearsal and like put in rehearsals are like the scariest things ever it's literally you in your full costume full wig full change full everything and the rest of the cast like in their regular streetwear like just and living they're rolling eyes they don't want to be there yes uh, and it's like this whole thing but then i i actually like i did the ending of world burn and everybody was like really supportive and i was like okay cool i guess i'll i'll do it tonight so that's how that was born it was just like mary mitchell being like you can do this and i was like Gives you what? And she was like, "Yeah, just do it." I was like, "Okay." Regina has so much confidence. I mean, she's the HBIC. Like, you know, she, yeah. there's there's a level of confidence there that and fierceness. How do you find that every day? You know, I mean, here's the thing. Like, every day it's completely different, and my confidence level is like zero one day, and like a hundred and ten percent to where I need to be knocked down the next day. Like. It just, it just, it totally depends. But I think that a lot of the times I have to find it, um, from, from singing in a way, because like I am, I think, I think a lot of people think that I am the most confident person in the world and it is the sweetest compliment that I'm ever given. And, but it's also like, so not true. I am like, I am so insecure. Like we all are, um, but I think I, I always have to find it from like my personal life. And like the one thing that I know I can like always go back to. And the reason I moved to New York in the first place, I always have to go back to like, okay, what do I love about this? And it's like singing. I, I love singing. Like singing is like my first love. Like I want to ultimately do music full time. So the second that I go back to like the music and like how that makes me feel, I can find 
my confidence because I just have to go back to the root of like, okay, why do I do this? Um, and how can I like fake it on the days that I feel like absolute trash? You know what I mean? What uh, kind of advice did Tina give you before you started? <sighs> hmm. Mama Tina. I mean, she's like, she is Mama literally Tina. like, she truly, she's like, she's like a mom. She's, she's the sweetest. Um, her, everybody gave me like so much good advice. Tina especially was just like, frankly, the best advice she ever gave me was like nothing at all was just like total blind support. Like the not saying anything specific said more than I needed because a lot of times what I was getting from like a lot of people Um, which is not a bad thing, but I was getting so much of like, Hey, like, remember, like do this. And like, Oh, also like this will help you so much. And like, also blah, 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 and get it. And frankly, like I, I was just so in my own head that it went in one ear and out the other. Um, and, and Tina, just like from the second that I've met her, she always had this just like, Hey, like I'm here for you if you need anything. So please let me know. But also, like, at the same time being like, hey, great job. Like, you're going to find new things to play with tomorrow. So it was just – it was truly, like, the mother hen, like, support of just, like, knowing she was there, knowing she was there for me, and um, knowing that, like, a woman that I've looked up to my entire life and, like, want to model my career and, like, take over a male-dominated industry is, like, having faith in me was more than anything, truly. I love that. Um, there is such a fan presence at Mean Girls that you don't, oh, that yeah. doesn't happen at every Broadway show. Yeah. And it's partly because it, it really appeals to this teenage female audience, which is, you know, really the heartbeat of Broadway. Um, the, the super fans are intense. How, how have you taken in all of that part of this job? Because at 20 years old and 19 years old, starting a job like this to all of a sudden have hundreds of people waiting for you every day and a responsibility to them. How did you uh, handle all that? it it's really it's really cool first of all like how what a fan base mean girls not only as a movie but like as a show has it's like it's literally like like the dopest cult in the world um (laughs) if a cult can be dope but you know it it was it was really interesting to like go into it because there was and there is so much support. Um, but like everything too, like with that comes a lot of hate and a lot of like really, really negative energy. But I tell you what, like, because we have such an amazing fan base, I like, they are a, like the reason why I do the job. Everybody knows that like the stage door to me is the best part of every single show because I've just spent like two hours being an absolute biatch. So then when I go out and I have genuine human connection, I'm like, Oh yes, 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 yes. I'm not that person. And you see that. Thank you so much. Um, (laughs) but it's actually, it's the coolest thing because the fans are so amazing and they like make me love my job on the days when it's hard to that. I don't even like really think about like the hate and, you know, I mean, like, obviously like I think about it, like I see all these comments on online sometimes about like, Oh, she's not skinny enough. I'm like, that's amazing. Well, I just enjoyed my full fridge. So I'm glad you did too, Sarah. Um, <laughs> you know, oh, but like Sarah. The fans, I'm literally like every stand. I'm like, you guys rock because they truly like keep me going on the, on the days, um, when it's not easy to, and, and it's, it's a hard job mentally. So, yeah. 
Awesome. Um, we just have a couple more things and then we're going to play our quick fire questions. Um, so you talked about music and wanting to create music and write music and sing. Tell us what's happening with that. Are you working on something that, you know, will be in the world soon? Things like that. Yes. So I, (laughs) I started, I started recording music, like a thing in an actual studio. I thought it was like hot shit when I was like 16. And, um, and it had always been like, I always knew from the time that I was like a little baby, I was like, that is what I'm going to do. Right. Which like sent like fifth grade Renee to be like, I'm not going to school. And which sent everybody to be like, you are insane. Um, I also like told everyone, this is how blindly confident I was as a child. And to my fault, 100%. I told everybody that I was not going to take gym um, my freshman year because I would not graduate high school. I was going to have like some career. I ended up having to take gym my senior year with all the freshmen because I was way too cocky. So I had to take daily gym my senior year of high school. It means you have gym every day because you failed it. Oh my God. Yeah. So they make you do extra gym. (laughs) Um, all right, keep going. So (laughs) wait, that's like, you know what, Mark, I'm not going to lie. That tracks. That tracks. It feels right, right? Daily, <laughs> daily gym. If you miss forty six days of school your senior year, they make you go to daily gym. Um, oh my god! No, school's not for everybody. Okay, so right, right. You knew um, you'd be doing something else. Yeah, so I, I knew I was going to do music. Um, so then when you know, fast forward like a couple years later, I was doing music, and then I was like in New York, and like that was really cool. Um, but now I have ever since actually the end of twenty eighteen, I have like a full album and a catalog of like over 30 songs I've recorded that literally no one except for my friends and family and um, management has heard because I'm so scared to release anything um, because I'm terrified it's going to flop because I'm an artist and I'm an absolute nut job. So right now in quarantine, I've actually been able to like open up the conversation about like releasing music again and like how that's going to work. Um, me being in the show. And then when I ultimately leave the show and how we're going to like drive that into like the new career. So I'm working on it now. Um, but I, I literally have like a catalog of like 30 plus songs, like fully finished that no one knows. Well, get about. them out. People want, give us one, give us one in the comments. <laughs> I frankly, I might, I just get, I get so nervous. They're like my babies. I, you know, you have to listen, listen to this. If nothing else, I have been doing this for a long time and I don't mm-hmm. see the fan base that you have. Like that does not happen often. Um, oh, before, like preemie girls, like from the Jimmy's, like so many young teenage girls are, been obsessed with you. Obviously, you've been teaching at Broadway Workshop, which has been so fun to watch you do that. You're so smart and so good at working with Thank young people. You. Um, it's really impressive. And um, but they they are dying for you. They like they they are going to follow you. They want to hear your music. I know. I want to hear your music. Like Thanks. I think I think people will be much more interested in it than you think. So give us a little something in the next like month of this, and I think you'll be really excited about the result. I would Thank be shocked. You. If it went the other way. Um, oh, thanks, Av. What do you sort of wish people knew about you that they don't? Ooh. I wish... I wish that people knew that I... That I am like a... a this is this is literally so stupid, but it's so true. I wish that people knew that I was a human being who is like moon in Pisces and is so emotional and is such an empath 
And I like do not put that on my social media. Like I, I am not a person who like opens up like those like super emotional parts of me on social media because I physically, I can't do it because I am so vulnerable. Um, and I, I don't feel like that's what my platform is about. Like I would rather just like throw positivity and like weird videos in people's faces. Um, but I, I do wish that, that people thought of actors, especially, and even people who I like used to be friends with. I think, I think people think that like you get this job and you all of a sudden become this like airhead who has no emotion and doesn't see things and doesn't care about other people. And it is just so not true. Like I see one thing on the internet and like, sometimes it like completely breaks my heart. Um, and, and I just, like, I wish people could understand that. And I understand that that's, like, a huge ask because it seems like we're, like, plastic molds of things who used to be human beings. But, um, you know, it, it's just it's just not realistic. Like, we are – we're humans. Like, we have the same emotions that, like, everyone else does. And, like, I, I struggle a ton with anxiety. Um, and a lot of people really do not understand that. So, like, I get texts and, like, see – dms before the show sometimes that are like super negative and then i have to like swallow that and go on stage and i'm like awesome that sucked (laughs) (laughs) so i wish i wish people would see that a little bit more um but i understand the the curse of this social media generation is that you'll get a lot of love but you're obviously going to get some people who don't see it or are very angry and you know it's sort of how you balance that and learning to do that at the age that you are i think will really uh, mean that you'll be in this business forever, which is very exciting for all of us because there's so much more for you to do. And um, although I want your album, I need you to continue doing Broadway shows because <laughs> you're quite good at it. Um, Thank you. All right. We are going to do the Broadway Workshop quick fire questions. Beautiful. And these are a list of questions that between myself and some students we've put together for you. Just answer the best of your ability as fast as you think you can. All right. Great. Are you ready? Yes. How many times have you seen the Mean Girls movie? At least 50. Favorite holiday? Uh, Christmas. First Broadway show you ever saw? Um, Something Rotten, Casey Nicola plug. If you have to be quarantined with one of your current or past cast members and Mean Girls, who would it be? <gasps> oh, all the ladies in the first floor. All right. I, we're choosing Erica. Um, <laughs> I'm a cheater. Okay. Um, did you have braces? Uh, I had Invisalign. Same. Um, have you ever been in Legally Blonde? No, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could get a yacht, what would you call it? Oh, um, can I, I'm, I'm about to guess right now. Bad Bitch Headquarters. Ooh. Okay, it's fine. Um, <laughs> rather be me or rather drink tea? Um, definitely rather be me. Um, would, what would your superhero power be? Oh, um, to abolish the patriarchy. Ooh. Um, one word to describe our boy, Andrew Feldman. Uh, King, King. Yes. Um, are you into true crime? Like, yeah, but also I, I like, I'm an empath, so I get really anxious sometimes. So I like you can't take on JonBenet Ramsey today. Um, no, I got you. No. Okay. Who is your favorite Disney princess? Um, Pocahontas. Ooh, yes. Um, what Disney prince would you like to smooch with? Oh, 
Really none of them. They're just all like chiseled, sadly, like white men who look all the same, created by the okay. same kind of man. Purple, all right, boring. Sorry. Got it. No, it's good. Um, <laughs> what store do you shop in most in your normal life, not in your oh. current life? Um, yeah, Whole Foods. <laughs> um, name one TLC show. Oh, everything. Toddlers and Tiaras, Kate Plus 8. That was my childhood. You got it. Um, do you know any songs in MAME? And can you name one? Uh, I know nothing about Great. Broadway. I love it. Um, <laughs> what do you want on your bagel? Oh, um, definitely. Cr- I-, I need it to be toasted, A, and I need cream cheese. Same. Um, your go-to album for car trips? Um, uh, uh, Blonde by Frank Ocean. Fill in the blank. I wish I could see Erica Henningsen play. I wish I could see Erica Henningsen um, play, oh, uh, Midge in Mrs. Maisel. Ooh. Um, like, the, we should do the musical version. I it's Listen, I'm right. so down. We're on it. Um, how long does it take you to get ready for Mean Girls? Um, if I'm late, which is a lot, five minutes. If I have time, which is not like ever half hour. Um, what was your best opening night gift? Ooh. Oh. Oh. Uh, oh, oh, this was the sweetest thing ever. My friends all, um, it, it was like for me and for my family, we had a big party afterwards and all my friends, they printed out this like huge, um, one of the promo photos for me and Mean Girls and everyone signed it and wrote little notes and it's sitting in my parents' house right now. It's the sweetest thing ever. Favorite Mean Girls costume? Oh, uh, I, I don't get me wrong. I love my costume. I think they are beautiful. They are just so not me. So my favorite Mean Girls costume is Janice's opening uh, costume. <laughs> <laughs> not um, anyone. Did you have a crappy high school job? No, I, I didn't. I was always, I, I never even like was home really in high school. I was either like playing sports or like skipping school so and having to go to you school. You did after. not have to work at Toys R Us. Um, no. Okay, I I want blank to be blank movie to be a musical. This is a really good question. I want. Oh, what movies do I like? Oh, I want. Um, it's it's a it's a series. I want Killing Eve to be a musical. Ooh, God, I'm so obsessed. Um, I love it. What role should Patty Lapone play in Mean Girls? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Queen Caster is anything. Here's the thing. I would love to see Queen Patty as like Regina, obviously, but I would also really, I would really like to see her as like Damien. Okay. Um, Did you you watch Glee? Oh, yes, I did. I did actually. Name one Broadway show Casey Nicola performed in. (gasps) Oh my God. Oh, I'm going to hell. Uh, I, I don't know. King Casey, I'm so sorry. Okay. Thoroughly Modern Millie would have uh, been fine. Casey um, did Millie? Yeah, that was his what last Broadway star. What a star. Right? Um, what was your first audition song? <laughs> Halo by Beyonce. I sang it in everything. Yeah. Even Mean I Girls, know. I think. Do you watch any shows on Bravo? Oh, everything since since bravo like became i watch like i do watch what happens live with Andy cohen like every single night at every, 11 every night same um, same over here housewives, below your deck. favorite housewives oh, Ooh, favorite housewives are um 
I am obsessed with Candy Burris because I have always like loved her music. Um, I love, 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 love Dorinda. Um, yes. from, from that's New York. Um, yeah. huge Dorinda fan of Nene Queen. Leakes. Okay. All right. We got some good ones. Yeah. Um, name a musical you are okay without ever seeing again. Oh my God. Ooh. Oh, I'm really sorry. What is that? One? Oh my God. What is the one show? It's, um, this it's a famous song about I want to be a rich man if I were a rich Fiddler man. on the roof. Fiddler on okay, the roof. Yep, great. good on it. Good um, on this it. is the best moment of this whole podcast. All right, we're gonna wrap <laughs> up. If you can go back in time and see any Broadway show, what would it be? Um, Big Fish. Favorite song to sing in Mean Girls? Uh, World Burn. Have you left a show at intermission? Uh, <laughs> yes, I actually had to call out of the show at intermission one time. Oh, you left your show at intermission. <laughs> Okay. What movie did you watch over and over again? Oh, um, oh gosh, it just came out. It's it's a Scarlett Johansson. I just watched it. Jojo Rabbit. Okay. Um, weirdest gift you ever received at the stage door? Um, people bring me avocados. It's awesome. All right. Well, that's a good gift. Yeah. Um if you could play another role in Mean Girls, what would it be? I would a hundred percent be either Janice or Aaron, and Aaron and Katie would be a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Great. I'm into it. You answered all the questions. You're amazing. Thank um, you. Renee, tell the people where they can find you on the interwebs. Fam, you can find me just about anywhere nowadays. How exciting. You can find me on Instagram, Ob, uh, but also you can find me on TikTok because that's the kind of person I am. All my okay. usernames are the same. You can catch me on Twitter, but that's like a really bad version of myself. So it depends on what your day is. Awesome. Well, we love you very much here and you are so talented and I'm so thankful you took some time today to chat with me and our listeners. Um, please remember to subscribe to the Little Me podcast, review and rate, um, and then follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli. Right. And um, uh, Renee, you are really, truly so awesome. I'm so glad that I know you and um, I can't wait to keep teaching with you. We're just we're blasting out these workshops and I love uh, having you work with the next generation of musical theater performers. Oh, thank and, you for uh, having me. This is literally just, so much fun. You're a joy. And I can't wait till you're back on Broadway, whenever that might be. Word. I know. <laughs> and please stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands. Um, and thank you, Renee Robb. Thank you. Thank you listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein and the Broadway podcast network and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm slash little me. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at That Tuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.